Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the authors, books, and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith to discuss the topic of knowing God. Many times today in our society, uh, we, we hear many different kinds of examples or many different ways of describing um, our relationship with God. Sometimes it's uh, kind of just simply called a personal relationship with God. Uh, we talk about aspects of fidelity, so we'll talk about being you know, faithful to God, to having faith, to responding in faith. Uh, and so we want to look at, at kind of where does this, uh, how do, or how do we understand this, this idea of, of knowing God, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, uh, also our actions as well. And, and many times we may hear that kind of uh, dichotomy said, you know, there's, you know, there's head knowledge and then there's heart knowledge or, you know, the, the, the greatest path that faith takes is, is 12 inches from your head to your heart or something like that. You know, I've heard, I've heard all sorts of, of variances of this. Um, and so, you know, and this obviously brings up the, uh, uh, the topic of doctrine. Um, and so, uh, Dr. Smith, um, to get us started, maybe, maybe we could talk about kind of this, this idea of, uh, of knowing God, A, why it's important, but I think also, you know, where does doctrine um, fit into this? Because it seems, you know, many times, especially, you know, even when you look at uh, evangelicals and, and sometimes some of, of, of their um, uh, approaches to discipleship and things like that, um, the, the head knowledge a lot of times is, is or the doctrine is, is downplayed a lot. You know, there's the, the, the famous line of, you know, the scandal of the evangelical mind is that there's not much, there's not much to one. Um, uh, and that way, I, I forget the author's name that coined that. Um, uh, so it's not just, you know, something, it, it's something that affects kind of all of Christianity. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and something that I think we want to highlight is the importance of this doctrine. Sure. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot there, Jason. And I think it's a really crucial topic, a topic that uh, maybe sounds a little uh, obscure at first, but really once you get start, you know, reading very much in Christian literature, uh, being involved very much in apostolate, Mm -hmm. uh, talking, um, you know, uh, being connected all to ministry or whatever, or even just sort of Christian education, this stuff comes up over and over and over again. Um, the, 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 the points you're talking about here are central points, you know, in terms of uh, why is it important to know God how, and, and what's the connection to doctrine, I think, are really crucial to bring kind of to the fore here. But just initially reacting to some of those points you were making, some of those dichotomies, right, uh, that you were talking about, you know, th- those, those ideas, like this opposition between head knowledge and heart knowledge, yeah. um, there's a grain of truth to them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, they really are based in a false anthropology, I would say, uh, and a, really a false understanding of even like a personal, what a personal relationship is. Right? <laughs> so two things, just anthropologically, right? It's not the case, right? So we have this hangover, especially in religion and you know, religious matters, uh, well, this Kantian hangover where what we do is, uh, Kant then sort of later German philosophers and theologians, going through Schleiermacher. If you ever do much in religious studies, Schleiermacher is very important. There's this hard division made between the intellect 
And then either practical moral things or the emotional things. That's what you get from Schleiermacher. Mm -hmm. So a lot of modern Christianity is just mere romanticism. Right. Uh, what it comes down to, right, is, well, I've got my head knowledge over here, but that's for math and science. And then I've got my heart knowledge over here, which is, you know, these palpitations of the heart, uh, these uh, sort of sentiments that I feel. And as if these things are totally di divided from each other. Do, do yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that's really the false anthropology that goes back to a kind of a Kantian anthropology that's just not true. That's not the way the human person works. Emotions are important in the spiritual life, mm -hmm. to be sure, right? But so is the intellect, is what I want to say, <laughs> right? But we have what we've developed is a tendency to say, oh, well, the reality of religion is when I am having these feelings, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and, you know, maybe right certainly it's the case that feelings play an important role because feelings play an important role in all of human life mm -hmm. right but actually a human being is an integrated psychosomatic whole right in which we have you know intellect will um in uh, memory perceptions of space and time and so forth and emotions all interconnected right and so that what is in the emotions affects the mind but what's in the mind affects the emotions yeah right yeah. so that's a, a, a rich kind of um, uh, back and forth there, since we don't want to accept this divorce between, oh, well, it's in my mind, uh, but that's not good enough because I'm not feeling it right now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what unites you to Christ, right, is, is you know, acts of faith, hope, and, and love. And love, the relevant sense of love is charity, which involves acts of the will, okay? <laughs> right? Not feelings. You can be uh, performing not necessarily feelings is what I'm saying. Right, right. right. All to the good if you're also receiving symptoms, uh, like uh, emotional consolations as well, right? But the act of the will there, right, is, you know, doing the right thing out of the love of God more than self, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the, the you know, intending and choosing uh, for the love of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and we I know we've talked about this before as well. This this aspect that you know God cares about the whole person, so He cares about right. your your emotions, your intellect. But at the same time, you know Saint Thomas tells us and others, you know, and, I mean, when you, if you read anything in like classic Christian spirituality, they downplay the emotions a lot as unreliable markers for progress or for you know kind of unreliable sure. markers of approval or, or things like that. Right. And, and, you know, and they all say, you know, that, that reason should be the one to govern the emotions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there, there, you know, while God cares about the whole person, right. uh, you know, there, there is a, there's a bit of a hierarchy here when we're looking at sure. um, uh, the, the intellect, the emotions and, uh, in, in this way, yeah, yeah. you That's know, and, and I, yeah, and I like what you said about you know it's 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 based on a um, a false anthropology. Um, you know, there's there's even a, a part um, in the general directory for catechesis that mm. talks about some challenges for catechesis, and one of the ones that it mentions is this kind of uh, it. It doesn't get into any great detail, but it just essentially says that there's a there's an anthropology out there that's skewed from an authentic uh, Christian anthropology. Right. Um, right. And it was brought up again, so it's in the general directory, and it was also brought up again by um, the um, Archbishop Beekline, uh, who talked about it in his, um, uh, he, he had these uh, deficiencies of catechesis mm -hmm. that he put uh -huh. in a report. Right. And, and again, he, you know, talks about it there. 
um, you know, so there's, yeah. So, you know, and, and, and so even when you talk about, uh, the idea of love, there has to be connected to it. Knowing Mm -hmm. there has to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, you cannot, you cannot love what you don't know. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That's important. Um, and you know, even, uh, not only is there sort of a, a false anthropology that underlies that approach to the spiritual life and to knowing God. Um, mm-hmm. But even I think a, a, just a, a false understanding of um, personal relationships, right? Uh, right. It, it's, it's, it's manifestly just silly to think that the intellect plays no role in a personal relationship, right? I mean, just think about it for a second, right? Yeah. Oh, I have a personal relationship, but my mind is not involved. Well, that's, that's stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you know, of course uh, your mind is involved in having any kind of personal relationship, you know, that's at all meaningful, right? You want to know the person. You want to understand them. We ask each, in a personal relationship, we ask each other difficult questions. Like, what do you think marriage is? Uh, what do you think is just? Why are you voting for this person? Why do you behave that way? You know, um, thanks for understanding me. Or why don't you try to understand? I mean, all those are those things, right? Or those are cognitive oriented kinds of things. Does it make sense, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, even when you look at the the, the newer phenomenon of like you know uh, online dating sites, mm-hmm. the first thing that they all have you do is fill out this like you know uh, huge questionnaire. Sure. Uh, I, I've never done that. I've been <laughs> happily married before all this came about. But I mean, like like that's the thing they do. They sure. ask you a ton of questions. And then other people get to read these things uh, about you um, before they even talk to you or, you know, which I think that part's kind of kind of odd. You know, it's like when somebody Facebook stalks you, you know, they know all these things about you and you've never you haven't talked to them in like 10 years or something. But but uh, but, you know, there's a there's a huge component there and and they understand it. There's a huge intellectual component there uh, uh, to love, to relationships. Right. Right. It's and even. And even, you know, like in, in the case, like, like those online dating sites, it, it's, it's almost kind of a, a preliminary mm-hmm. exercise, mm-hmm. you know, before you get into uh, the relationship. Now, again, I don't know if I personally agree with, mm-hmm. with, with that kind of approach or whatever, philosophically. Sure. Practically, I know a lot of people that have gone through and it worked out great. So, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that we can just have, you know, this personal relationship with God without without knowing anything that he said or did or <laughs> or with anyone knowing right? any- like it's yeah just, you know like okay i'm going to re- i'm going to relate to you personally right now i'm going to turn off my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like no that's not that's not a personal relationship persons are pe- uh, persons are are subjects they're agents who have minds right you can't have a personal relationship without getting the mind involved silly and and it exposes you to a danger here which is Anytime you have something where, you know, somebody, somebody will say, well, the intellect, that's not important. It's not head knowledge. You need to get the heart involved. Yeah. What then really it turns around and happens is they start saying lots of things, right? They start talking and filling your mind with ideas that you're not really thinking about very carefully because you've been told it's all about the heart, right? Rather than right. about the mind, right? And so, you know, you get this, you know, chicken soup for the soul kind of approach uh, to things, right? Where it's like, well, you know, you know, God loves you. God loves you no matter what. Yeah. And then you feel good. You're like, man, I'm experiencing <laughs> God. I'm knowing God. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more to be said here, right? And really what you're feeling is, man, it's you're feeling, you're having feelings of self-affirmation, 
Um, right. You know, and I mean, that's not that that's bad, right? I mean, I don't want people to, to hate themselves or have self-loathing, but at the same time, <laughs> right? Like, um, that's not knowing God either. That's just having some feelings about yourself. Yeah, well, well and the, the, the thing about the fallen human person as well is that, you know, they they – they're self-centered. Sure. Um, right. And so, you know, even in, even in kind of, uh, particularly when we talk about like catechesis, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a whole part uh, where uh, uh, it could be described as this anthropocentric turn sure. in catechesis where everything was kind of turned in on, our, on ourselves. And it was it, so much of catechesis had to do with kind of you, you defining your faith. So you saw exercises like, you know, write your own 10 commandments, right. you know, which is a frightening thing for teenagers to do, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, write your own creed or, or something like that. So this, so Christianity then be- becomes a projection and, and an expression of your emotions mm-hmm. based on, based on what knowledge you had. Now, if it was, if it was well-formed knowledge, then it, it may have been somewhat correct, but that's sure. all, but you know, this is right. also how, right. you know, a lot of times how heresy gets, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ha- has come up in the church when, sure. uh, uh, when we, we try to form the faith according to, to, to who we are, as opposed to letting the, the faith, uh, form us and, and, sure. and having God's revelation. This is where the knowing comes in, mm-hmm. assimilating our minds to what God has revealed. Mm-hmm. It's a act of humility to do that. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. yeah. That's a, uh, that's an important point there. And, and, and what you're saying there about, you know, sort of an act of humility and allowing the faith to form us rather than us trying to form the faith, you know, I think ties into to where the, the real thing that this distinction, this heart versus head thing, right, mm-hmm. is pointing to uh, is, I do want to say, right, sort of kind of take kind of a little bit the, the opposite tact, that intellect is not enough either, right? right? but neither is sentiment or emotion. Emotions and af- is a secondary effect right of, of mm-hmm. matters what we're, i think we're really trying to get at it and, and i think st thomas brings us out so well you think about the heart right if you want to use it in more of a biblical sense right as the center of the mm-hmm. human person the mm-hmm. heart i think you know we really should think about it in terms of the will right um it's connected to our thoughts and it's connected to our emotions right but the heart is really it involves our sort of voluntary intentions and choices so you know at at some point uh you think i think about my own children and their faith uh it's wonderful having children and watching your children's faith develop you know and unfold but there's also a point which like you're also kind of thinking like where where does that faith begin to mature right when you see that faith Mm -hmm, maturing mm -hmm. what are the stages i don't think there's like a science to this or anything like that but but yeah. you think there's a general, you know, you kind of maybe look for a general trajectory or something. But one point is when it become their faith becomes de- more dependent on their will than on your will, right? Right. You know, and uh, as a as a father, of course, you know, I I don't ask my children to go to church. You know, <laughs> yeah. they go to church, <laughs> right? Uh, but at some point, of course, and rightly so, their will will be like in their will will take that front seat, you know, and their faith mm-hmm, practice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what you hope there is that the, all of the knowledge that they've had, all the good experiences they've had both emotionally and, and spiritually are going to sort of 
propel them, at least in the direction of, I'm going to intend to take my religion seriously. I'm going to choose to go to mass, right? Those Right, right, right. So I think, um, you know, uh, that's an, an essential component as well, right? Not just intellect, not just emotion, but also uh, will. I don't know if it's uh, exactly the way that, that Thomas... Uh, talked about the heart you know but but i mean when i you know when i think about the the heart and sometimes the way i describe it to people is you know the the heart should be the place where your intellect emotions come into contact with god's grace they interact and it's because it's it's from there that i mean scripture tells us you know guard your heart from from Mm -hmm. there springs forth life yeah sure in a similar reaction that you have i always have this kind of adverse reaction when people put the head and the heart in two different categories or two different boxes as if you can have one without the other whereas whereas you know i think the heart is more of where the intellect governs the emotions governs the passions but it's there also where uh you know god's grace comes into play god's grace affects both of those and from there like you know in in line with saint thomas uh comes in the will i think this is a uh, just another example of something that comes up over and over again which is this tendency to to either distinguish and divorce things right yeah reject distinctions and lump things together right reduce them right to one thing or the uh, which are both are false right to make everything right. the heart or everything the head or to say the heart and the head are totally different right which is yeah. the kantian option the more complex and probably more realistic i think more realistic approach is to say intellect and will and emotion are all distinct, right? They aren't the same, but they are right. all related, right? Intractably yeah. related, right? And that's that's a more complicated answer. But I, Jason, in so many issues, issue after issue, I come across this, you know, reduction to one thing, distinguish and divorce, both yeah. raw options being wrong. What really we have here is... is distinction but relation yeah and everything you just said i mean we could it's interesting like if if you're listening to this you can rewind it and apply this to like the trinitarian controversies (laughs) you know (laughs) there's relation there's distinction the distinction you know you can get into a lot of it that way and the problem comes in when people try when people start trying to uh reduce or divorce or uh you know uh uh, bring it bring it all in there so i mean it's not a it's the 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 methods are you know not a new thing in that way and i think it's important for parents that 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 the way that we talk about it in this way is to help bring our kids in. and again i think this is a sign of maturity is to have this understanding of of how you work as a human person right. uh, with your with your intellect your your emotions but also you know uh faith you know and this is where of course doctrine comes in right. you know dogmas they're they're lights along the path that that uh doctrines are there uh because god loves us right uh, uh, there are a sign of his love. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't have revealed himself sure. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so uh, you know, even when, you know, I, I, and again, I have this adverse reaction when people downplay doctrine. Right. Yeah. As if it's kind of a minor point or if it's, or as if it's just humanity's projection on things we don't know. Sure. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's the, the conveyance of truth. It's the, the, the revelation of, and a sign of God's love. That's it. That's key, you know, and and uh, and that kind of gets us back, I think, Jason, onto the track of, of you know, authentically knowing God, uh, truly yeah. knowing God. 
I don't want to say that there's just one way, right, or one technique or something like that, but an irreducible element, right, a necessary element in knowing God is doctrine. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's, you know, I want to just say, you know, doctrine truly received is a way of knowing God, right, is yeah. knowing God, right? Now, I want that to be taken, I guess, as a pretty strong statement here, right, that when I affirm Chalcedonian Christology, I'm saying something true about God. I'm knowing mm-hmm. uh, Jesus Christ, right? Um, I'm not just knowing. I'm not just knowing about Him, right? Uh, right. I want to include that, right? I want to say when I affirm, right? Not just like, oh, I've read that and I understand Chalcedonian Christology, but when I assent with my intellect to that being true about the world, right, mm-hmm. uh, and about Jesus Christ, that is a way of knowing Him, right? Um, Absolutely, because I, I'm knowing the truth. Right, I'm knowing the truth of his being, the truth of who he is and of what he is, and that is uh, essential to knowing him. It would be silly to say otherwise, right? Um, you know, but knowing that you're uh, Jason, that well, first off, that you're a human being, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> but right, you know, knowing that you're a human being, uh, knowing that you're a man, knowing that you're a husband, uh, knowing um, you know your uh, your professional roles and so forth. Those are all things by which and through which I know you. Those, you know, mm-hmm. um, those are all uh, um, real ways of knowing. And you pointed out, I think, uh, in your uh, discussion or your point there, that doctrine is rooted really in God's self-revelation, right? So this is God um, revealing Himself to us, right, in doctrine. So one of the mm-hmm. things I think that's difficult here, uh, and I think you put it this way, sometimes we conceptualized doctrine is just you know humans making but having a bunch of arguments yeah. certainly there's a role for argument uh within um doctrinal development and, uh discernment but um at the same time you know doctrine is rooted in revelation right god's own revealing of himself uh, in sacred scripture and tradition and so in accepting doctrine and learning doctrine right i'm learning and knowing about god right? i'm knowing god through mm-hmm. uh, not just reading about it that's important mm-hmm. right you got to do that right. right or listening to somebody talk about it um but by um by accepting it and by affirming it right then i am in fact accepting god's revelation of himself right so mm-hmm. if somebody you know the person who wants to say well i can just ignore doctrine and know god essentially what they're saying is that they is that god is is standing there telling that person about himself and they're closing their ears and their eyes and saying, I don't want to hear what you have to say about yourself. I want to know yeah. you in a different way. Well, that's just um, obviously absurd in terms <laughs> of trying to know someone at all. Right? Yeah. Like if you and I were trying yeah, yeah. to, uh, like we're meeting, we're like, Hey, you know, uh, a friend of mine told you, told me you were into theology uh, let's talk a little bit so we're getting to know each other, maybe, you know, kind of form beginning to form a friendship. And you started telling me something about yourself. And I just, I was like, uh, I, I don't want you to tell me anything about yourself, but I want to know you. Yeah. Is that a friendship? <laughs> no, obviously it's not. This is absurdity, right? Um, the, uh, what is, what, what's realistic is God is telling us about himself, right? Yeah. In revelation. Doctrine is nothing more, right? I mean, St. Thomas is so wonderful in this. Sacred mm-hmm. doctrine, right, simply is God's teaching about Himself, right? Yeah. Uh, to us, that's what sacred doctrine is. 
contained in, in sacred scripture and in uh, tradition. That's that is sacred doctrine. Now, there's in addition to that the doctrine of the church, but, but that's not something uh, that's in addition to revelation. That's just an articulation of revelation. It doesn't add anything substantial to it, right? It's just you know sort of working out and clarifying what's already there. Um, yeah. So when you're when you're ignoring doctrine, you're claiming that you want to know God by ignoring what God has to say about himself. And I think that's just clearly paradoxical and contradictory. Right. And especially when you're a fallen human person, the way that God designed us is he designed us to know. Mm -hmm. If we reject what God is revealing to us, many times we we have to put something in its place, which is usually our malformed doctrines about God. And this is where, you know, heresy comes in, or this is where, you know, you, you get, you know, guys like the, the, the guy on YouTube a few years ago who went on this rant about, you know, why I love Jesus but hate the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, he just, I mean, he just went off, but I mean, it was just full yeah, of so just question. Did, did Jesus wrong hate the church? doctrine. Yeah, exactly. And the answer is no. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop it, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're being deceived, obviously. I mean, um, we should at some point do a podcast just on meet the real Jesus, you know, and just like, go through the gospels here and look at the things he actually does and says, right. Compared yeah. to what people say about, uh, Jesus, you know, they'll, they'll take you know, two little snippets about Jesus and then they'll throw in, uh, God is love. And that's their, their, their doctrine. Right. And by yeah. love, of course, you know, do they mean by love? What, what, what God teaches about love? Probably not. Yeah. You know, Nine tenths of the time, I hear somebody pounding on and on and on about how God is love. Usually, they don't. They they just mean something like affirmation, right? You know, yeah, just of whatever feelings of care <laughs> and sympathy and empathy and affirming, right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but you know what? What biblical love, right, is like what God says about about love in the New Testament, right? Is that uh, is that love does not rejoice uh, in wrongdoing. But rejoices in the truth. That's that's God's version of love. So yeah, there if, you go, if, being judgmental again. <laughs> right. <laughs> if your version of love says uh, adultery, leaving your wife, right, um, yeah. is okay, right? It's it's okay to get divorced <laughs> because it'll make you feel better, right? It'll make you happier or something like that. If you think that that's 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 being loving in a Christian way, you're wrong, right? That's yeah, just yeah, yeah. objectively false. And it's a misunderstanding of God. You're ignoring what God has said about himself, right? Well, and I think this goes back to the to the point we were talking about earlier. So a lot of times we just reduce things, and, and especially in our, our contemporary culture, we reduce things to sound bites and sure. what I like to call buzzwords and bumper stickers. Yeah, that's great. I mean, they sound good, they sound good coming out, but I mean— they're they're about as you know uh, shallow shallow as a puddle. Right. Uh, there's 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 nothing to them. I mean, I mean this isn't even like doctrinally, but I mean, you look at just the variety of saints. You have mm-hmm. Saint John of the Cross, Saint Teresa of Avila, um, but then you have Joan of Arc. You mm-hmm. have Saint George. Right. You have uh, Saint Louis of France. You have right. the these people that were you know some of them were were peaceful people mm-hmm. and then you have some that are that are vibrant warriors sure. i mean and, and and then you know i mean 
you know, again, you know, going off what you were saying about we need to have an entire podcast on, you know, the the real Jesus or something right. like that. I mean, you you have images of, of Christ, you know, like the one in the uh, Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. Sure. He looks like, you know, angry God, you know, or like a lot of people, a lot of people just describe it. That's, you know, that's Old Testament God or something like that, you know, but but. You know, but then, but then also you have kind of, you know, Christ with his arms open, you know, and so many times we, we try to reduce Jesus to, to, to one image and not the other, sure. or to say, well, he's love, but he's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hate or he doesn't, uh, uh divide actually that, you know, that's, he, he, he that, that says, is, I came to divide. Yeah. <laughs> Those are his, yeah. His real words. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, and, and I don't really like, you know, when Catholics say, well, we're a both and yeah, you know, but but I think a better way to maybe describe it is, you know, as Catholics, we need to be more holistic. Sure. We need to look at we need to look at the, the kind of the all of everything. Every image is there to emphasize some aspect about Christ. Sure. And we can't reduce Christ to uh, uh, one emphasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to we have to look at it a little more uh, holistic about right. who he actually was. Um, but then, you know, the scary part is, is we have to look at you know, what he actually said and did, sure. um, right. you know, and, and I, and, and the thing that I, I find sometimes is that the same people that sometimes maybe downplay doctrine, mm-hmm. they, they hold up and rightly so sacred scripture mm-hmm. as if, you know, doctrine and scripture are somehow the scripture is doctrine. It's God's own teaching about himself. Right. Right. Or yeah. when that's the thing. They separate doctrine from revelation. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that, that just becomes, you know, or, or, or sometimes in their, in their, in the way that they describe God or discipleship or something mm-hmm. as if, as if it is, you know, uh, um, void of any sort of, um, uh, intellectual assent or that right. you can have sure. this relationship without, uh, uh, intellectual assent, yeah. which I, I think it's just, it's, yeah. it's I mean, it gets, I don't know if it's gets, necessarily a straw man or, or, or what, but it's, yeah. I think it is kind of a straw man, maybe false dichotomy, but I mean, the two points that I keep coming back to on, on this one thing about it is one is that if you think that doctrine has nothing to do with your relationship with God, right. Then you're saying you don't need to listen to God about himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously um, misguided. And second, yeah. um, if you if you think that, then you think that the um, that having a personal relationship has nothing to do with cognition, nothing to do with the intellect, right? Which is based on um, a poor understanding of personal relationships and a poor understanding uh, of the human person, right? Of the integrated nature of the human person. Um, so I think there's an error maybe about the nature of doctrine, the nature of, of revelation that's in work in one of those, as well mm-hmm. as in the, in the other um, uh, mistake, a, um, an error about the nature of the human person and the nature of what a personal relationship is. And I think when you analyze this a little bit deeper, it, it's not there in intention, mm-hmm. but in a very real way, kind of the setting aside of doctrine or the... Mm-hmm. The, the the placing it uh, lower than the affections or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. again not usually in their intention but it is kind of a rejection of of not just what God has revealed but but uh, but our own design sure. that you know God designed us with an intellect mm-hmm. this intellect knows things it is ordered towards the truth 
Right. Um, and so to say, well, it's not really that important. It goes against, you know, God's very design for the human person. Sure. Which, you know, if we if we downplay that, it, it could lead to frustration when it comes to human flourishing. Absolutely. And, you know, it, especially because, when, uh, as I said earlier, when doctrine, when the sources of real doctrine are rejected, right, we don't get as a vacuum, right? Instead, right. superficial, misguided um, kind of thin, cheap ideas creep in, right? And start to yeah. take over the mind and then affect the emotions. The, I, I point this out all the time when I teach philosophy, right? You know, it, it will always be the case, you know, you'll have some students who are, well, you know, I don't really want to have a philosophy. I don't really have, I don't need to think about philosophy, you know, that, that very student who says that, right, is dogmatically entrenched in a philosophy <laughs> that he doesn't even see. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's affecting yeah. everything about him. It could just be pragmatism and hedonism. Right. But that's what he believes about himself and about the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and his hedonism and his uh, pragmati pragmatism are making his mind incapable of recognizing that fact about himself. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's very similar, I think, with this whole issue about doctrine and knowing God. The very person is like, you know, I don't want to worry about doctrine. I just want to know Jesus. They're going to end up having doctrines about Jesus and about God, right? They're going to creep in in an unthinking way, right? And very often they're going to be, you know, politically oriented or self-helpish or something of those of that nature, rather than uh, the kind of startling truth uh, that God uh, reveals about Himself or or that Jesus uh, reveals about Himself. Or when you look at like Christianity itself, like if 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 man were to just simply make up a religion. <laughs> it would not be Christianity. <laughs> right, right. No, it'd be some version you know, of paganism, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, sure. That right there should 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 a tell us something about Christianity, but also tell us something about ourselves. Right, sure, that sure. that at first, you know, parts of Christianity should should seem kind of like ah, you know they should sure. be hard. We have a fallen human nature, sure. But at the same time, it 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 doesn't call us to say well. You know, I, you know, my personal autonomy is above, mm -hmm. you know, everything else. And so I, I get to decide, you know, it should be a, a call to humility. Um, and, and, and one, one other thing, you know, that I think is important to bring up here is that, you know, when we talk about knowing God and forming our intellects, mm -hmm. what we're not saying is that, you know, every person uh, uh, needs to to have degrees in theology, or sure. every person needs to be constantly reading uh, every single theological book or philosophical book that they can get their hands on. Because right, right. many times, you know, people point to somebody that has a simple faith. Sure. What they, I think, sometimes misunderstand about a simple faith is that a simple faith is not something that is divorced from uh, into, uh, the intellect. But but a simple faith has at its foundation humility, um, and, and operates from that from that humility of saying, you know, if if something comes into conflict with my understanding of what God has revealed, the pro the the, the, the first approach is that the problem lies in my understanding, not in God's revelation. Sure, absolutely, um, absolutely. And they seek that out in humility, but also in trust. But again. A simple faith does not mean it's devoid of mm -hmm. knowing about God or knowing the doctrines or being able to express those doctrines about God. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's the um, there's the what is it and the why is it, and there and there there are sort of there's a hierarchy of truths right within mm -hmm. uh, Christianity sure. because of some of the things I'm involved in presently. This kind of comes up from time to time, but it's it you can be a very 
simple person, right? And know the creed and you should be able to state some basic things about the various elements of the creed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just called catechesis, right? Um, or is that just the, the fruit of catechesis, right? Um, yeah. It's being able to uh, understand the creed. Now, the point of understanding the creed, of course, is intimate communion with Jesus. But what does that mean? It means knowing him, right? It means knowing him right. and loving him, right? And, uh, and that involves, it's not reducible to the intellect, but it involves right. the intellect. Uh, and so we, you know, when we use words like believe in the creed, you know, uh, I believe, right? Uh, uh, you know, the Father God Almighty, all, all those kinds of phrases, right? We should be able to say something, right, about what they mean. That does, you don't have to be super complicated, right? Right. Uh, to, to do that. Now, certainly, the further you go with those things, uh, especially once you move beyond sort of basic core doctrines to more theological um, explorations, then you're moving into the why question. Yeah, uh, more, more, more uh, thoroughly, and the further you go, the more complicated it gets. But there is no dichotomy between simplicity and doctrine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, I think you you can be thoroughly rooted in the doctrine in a simple way, and just say, you know, I don't know why what you're saying is wrong, but I know it's wrong because it's contrary to the creed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, this, exactly. You know, and that's perfectly fine, uh, but that does require at least a sufficient amount of of intellectual work, right? Um, yeah. Even if it's not reading big, thick books, uh, oh, there's nothing wrong with reading big books. <laughs> um, but, um, the, but even if it doesn't involve that, uh, it's still the case, right, that, that, that involves knowing doctrine, right, and knowing God uh, through uh, knowing doctrine. Um, and, and I think, you know, one thing that sometimes gets, that's missed in that with the, the, the point of simplicity here is, that doctrine informs, right? I think a lot um, our prayer lives, right? That is again when we when we analyze this a, a little bit more, especially with um, love mm-hmm. and the relationship between the intellect and love. How does a person act in a loving way or or love something without without first having that conviction in their mind sure. of this is good and. Uh, my my passions are leading me towards it and 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 i want it like you know there's 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 something that they intellectually know right and they're moving towards it before you know and so this again this idea well you know just you know love god and you know doctrines meh no you, you in in order to act in love you have to you have to intellectually recognize something you have to sure. look at the characteristics of something you have to or, or, or look at a specific action and say, you know what, even though my emotions are leading me towards that action, I know that it is false. And so it's a, you know, it's a loving thing to not cheat on your spouse. Sure. It's a, you know, there's right, right, yeah. so many things that, that yeah. we do every, that we do every day. You know, it's loving that I, you know, don't ram my car into the guy that just cut me off in traffic as much as I want to. That's important. You know? Jason. This, is a, <laughs> this, is a, this is an important point. <laughs> you know, I have to remember so this I mean, like, constantly. So I mean, the, the, even just the idea that we can that we can love God without knowing specifics about him, it, it just it just flies in the face of A, the, you know, the, the way that God designed us. But E, but, but I'm sorry, but B, also... The, the the way that love actually works sure the way that the human person actually yeah. works and yeah. acts towards things right yeah the yeah the intellect as connected to uh i'm sorry the will as connected to intellect right 
it's not that the yeah. it's not that the intellect determines every motion of the will, but every motion of the will presupposes something in the intellect. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. Um, we're only going to will something insofar as the intellect recognizes it to be good under some aspect or the other. Uh, maybe just pleasurable, right? <laughs> but uh, which isn't enough to make it morally good, but uh, that's still presupposed by the will. And you know, just kind of maybe take a slightly similar point, but just maybe a different emphasis. You know, what we know about doctrine should lead us to um, affective, uh, appetitive movements, both in the mm-hmm. will and in the sent and in our sentiments. So recently. I've been uh, meditating a good bit on Psalm 61, Psalm 62. Um, just, you know, so just to say, you know, I put a lot of um, stock in personal prayer um, and, and, and the attempt to know God intimately. I think that's mm-hmm. very important. So everything I'm saying here is consistent, I think, with that emphasis, right? But I, so I say I've, I've been, you know, spend a lot of time thinking about meditating on Psalm 61, 62. And in those, you know, we get a lot of um, God is my fortress. God is my strong tower. Um, I don't trust in other things. I trust only in God. Um, I am not sufficient. I mean, all these different things, right? And and all that is so packed with doctrinal content, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and so when I, when I, when I read those things, right, it, it immediately, you know, because that draws me to thinking about God's providence, my dependency upon God, all the times that I have betrayed God. Um, that leads to, to intentions of amendment, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, suggest choices to make, to trust in God more, um, that um, facilitates uh, feelings of remor- uh, good feelings of remorse and contrition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, along with feelings of, of gratitude. So all of that is like understanding like the depth of what sacred scripture is saying there, right? In Psalm 61, 62, about our dependence upon God. Um, when that's doctrinally informed um, is very uh, connected to our intentions, our choices, um, and our uh, emotions with respect to God. Where where do we as as Christians want to be? Where do we as as Catholics, you know, want to be uh, in our spiritual lives? You know, if we were to pick a place or or describe a place that we want to be, is I think that we we all want to be in a place where we are we are Christ like, um, but also in 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 our in our worldview in the way that we see other people, we want to see. The, we want to look at the other person the way that God sees that other person. Um, and, and again, this is that, that you know, we want to understand what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. And, and so, I mean, you know, even when you look at like, you know, the Beatitudes, the pure of heart for what they shall see God, you know, the, this, this idea that we, that we can, that we can see God, that we can be Christ like, not we're, you know, we're not Christ himself, obviously, because we're not divine, but that we're Christ-like, that we, you know, this, this all involves understanding mm-hmm. like God, mm-hmm. understanding what Christ actually taught sure. and said, if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to be Christ-like. You know, modeling our thoughts after the thoughts of God, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, when that's like, you know, like the whole, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't like that because I'm not divine. Mm-hmm. So Jesus did a lot of things that I wouldn't do. Um, 
because he's, you know, the second person of the Holy Trinity. Good point. You know, we're, <laughs> Not a we're called person. to be, right, <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that involves putting on the mind of Christ, mm. thinking and acting in a, in a manner that is consistent with, with what he has revealed to, uh, to us, which is there specifically in the doctrines of the church. Yeah, sure. And the more that we can conform our lives to those, the more that we're, we're able to be, uh, be like the saints, be like, right. you know, be like Christ himself. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Smith, any, any, uh, any final thoughts on, uh, on this t- topic of, uh, the, the head and the heart? I just love what you were just talking about there. I mean, I, I think, I think everything we've said here is not, not in any way to diminish our personal relationship with God, uh, our personal relationship, especially most directly with Jesus Christ. Um, you know, uh, intimate communion with him is the point really of, of, of you know, yeah. what we do, <laughs> right. In terms of apostolate, in terms of personal sanctification, all those sorts of things. Um, uh, rather, uh, you know, I just want to insist on and encourage everyone to think about the role of doctrine, right? That doctrine is really just, you know, God revealing himself to us and that if we want to know him, we need to listen to him um, and and act accordingly and meditate upon what he's revealed about himself uh, to us uh, in times of personal prayer, when we're in adoration, when we're in the, uh, in the liturgy and, of course, throughout the course of the day and so far as we can. Um, but that really that's that's the heart of the matter for me, right, is that that in in studying doctrine. I am listening to what God has to mm-hmm. say about himself, right? And in that way, coming closer to God and really being inspired uh, to know him and to love him uh, more deeply and to worship him. I agree. And I think the very act of going, and I, and I think this is important for all of us, the very act of humbly going to uh, and humbly trying to understand doctrine and understand you know, who mm-hmm. God is and, and what he has revealed to us that even if our mind doesn't grasp, you know, all of these different aspects of, uh, of theology and, and the fun things that we like to talk about, that even if the mind doesn't grasp, there's, there's grace in, in going, there's grace in submitting your, your intellect, you know, at the altar uh, uh, of, and, and asking God and asking God to form it, asking God to you know, very much like the Eucharist, to, to consecrate it, to bless it, and give it, you know, give it back to us to use. Sure. I've said this before, you know, going to the Eucharist is so important for the intellectual life. Because, you know, yeah. I think I think that, the especially if in adoration, that there before you, I think, is all the intellectual problems summed up into one. You know, our, our senses fail to see the reality that is there, and it's only with the eyes of faith that we can see. And it's only in humility that we can have the eyes of faith to see the reality that is there before us. Uh, um, so I just want to encourage our listeners, uh, study the faith. Don't downplay doctrine. Don't let others downplay doctrine. Um, but, but, but hold it to the place where God has put it. It's a sign of his love. It's a revelation of who he is for the sake of our salvation, for the sake of love. And so with that, I want to thank our listeners for, for joining us today. Uh, In the meantime, check us out at catholicstudiesacademy.com. Check out all of our content there. And we have courses, obviously, in theology and philosophy uh, that you can subscribe to or purchase. Um, And so until next time, God bless.